0: We knew it wasn't going to be pretty. I'm talking about investment figures into commercial real estate, but real estate won't be alone here. We now know just how bad it got in the second quarter in Asia Pacific, where the pandemic started its roll across the globe. And we can also see some bright spots. This is what everyone has been waiting for a true sign of where we're at so we can build a better picture of where we're headed. And this is what we're talking about on today's show. Welcome to the Investor Perspectives Podcast. I'm Art Patnode, your host. With us today is Roddy Allen, who leads the research team in Asia-Pacific for JLL. Roddy, welcome back to the show. Hi, Art. Roddy, I have here in front of me some figures that your team has crunched. Uh, These show the decline in investment volumes during the second quarter of 2020 versus the second quarter of 2019. Uh, Would you mind if I just read some of these aloud and set the tone here? Yeah, sure. No problem. Art. All right. Buckle up. 39 percent decline. You're year on your year Asia-Pacific overall. 68 percent in Singapore, 65 percent in Hong Kong, 58 percent in Australia, and then a bit better here in China, 15 percent lower and 20 percent in Japan. And now these are pretty sobering figures as I had to read. Although, Roddy, I assume that you're not surprised given the circumstances.
1: I mean, to be honest, no I mean the, the, the reality is that the decline in volumes was certainly not a surprise. I mean, just given that the heightened level and uncertainty around COVID nineteen. And I think it's also important to remember that, you know, a lot of those deals that haven't happened haven't happened because ultimately people have been unable to get on a plane um to, to sort of carry out due diligence. And ultimately, at the same time, I suppose, you know, investors still remain on the outlook for for opportunities there. So it's not that investor interest has waned at all. It's just that there's a little bit of a pause and wait and see. And and that other piece, which is people just cannot carry out due diligence.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's just the limiting factor of a global pandemic. No surprise. But Let me ask you about some of those figures with the most badly affected markets, Hong Kong, Singapore, you know, why these cities,
1: you know, why, why were the numbers in those cities, especially lower compared to, to last year? I mean, you. In terms of the figures, I mean, Hong Kong and Singapore were were kind of affected, sort of first. Um, so certainly um, ahead of some other markets. So certainly for that for that reason, due diligence um, sort of stopped earlier in these markets, and also they were coming off a, a relatively high base from from the previous period last year. Right, and that due diligence. You mean like, you know, just
0: as if I'm an investor. Do you have to take an airplane to do that due diligence or can you do some of this stuff? You know, isn't it all on the Internet these days?
1: Certainly, certainly a lot of it can be done remotely. But but typically when investors are are, are really getting involved in big ticket items, buying on block assets, um, the, the investment investment team will want to go and inspect these assets. Sure. Um, and, and there can be an element of, of physically signing contracts as well. But I think it's that it's that element of actually being able to get into the market, go and see and, and fully inspect the asset um, be, before um, you know flicking flicking the switch as it were. It
0: sets this asset class apart still, right? Um, digital, but you can't discount the need to to put walk yeah, through I mean, the I mean, asset that's... that you're going to buy when you're yeah. going to spend that amount of
1: money. It's, it's true. And I think the other thing you got to bear in mind is with real estate, real estate is not like equities. You know, it's not commoditized. Every asset is unique, um, which 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 requires that sort of forensic level of, of due yeah. diligence.
0: Yeah, I suppose it would be. Would you go buy that apartment or flat or house without walking inside and, and checking to see if the taps work? Right. Like probably not. I do want to get to some of the brighter spots. China, for instance, what does China have going for it that some of these other markets didn't in the second quarter?
1: I mean, in, in China, 2Q investment volumes continued to undergo a, a contraction, to be honest. You know, they, they fell 15% year on year to, to 6.7 billion. Um, really, as, as the outbreak continued to have a drag on investment activity. Um, so on a quarterly basis, they, they are down in the second quarter. Um, however, some domestics of self-use buyers continued to be active there. Um, and But I mean, as expected, hotel and retail were certainly that the hardest um, hit sectors there, whilst office on on the flip side remained relatively stable in the back of of active domestic capital. Um, Similar situation um, with industrial assets gaining some traction from investors as well. So again,
0: kind of backing up and looking at the region as a whole, what is it going to take to see investors really return? Coming back to what we were discussing, is this as simple as ending lockdowns
1: and getting back on planes? (laughs) I think I think ultimately yes. I mean, we, what we must bear in mind is, but it's not that transactions have stopped. Um, I mean, I think to some extent there might be be a gap between buyers and sellers' expectations um, in some markets, and as those gaps close, as they invariably do over time, um, we will see transactions um, pick up. Um, I think ultimately, uh, as well, you know, the, the sooner markets are out of lockdown and, and people are able to get back on planes, then definitely we will see volumes pick up pick up. Um, but it's really important to remember. I mean, that there's a lot of pent up demand in the system um, for for investors looking to buy real estate assets um, out there at the moment. So, I mean, we feel pretty positive in that if if things do sort of die down with the virus in the second quarter and as we go into 2021, we really do expect to see volumes accelerate and pick up. This is out to the end of the year, then. So,
0: so kind of we're expecting that were a little bit over the hump. Um, Is
1: that what you're hearing from investors? I mean, our expectation is, yeah. I mean, for as long as the the virus is contained, we see we see case numbers falling, um, and that's the big challenge. I mean, what we must remember, uh, and it's really important to remember, is that this is not an, an economic event. This is is a health event, and yeah. um, so it's really highly dependent upon that. But what I would say is, uh, you know, as soon as as soon as we begin to see some solution around that, we will, and we absolutely expect investors to start you know really piling into the market again when people do start to come back when this
0: pent-up demand and by the way that is a theme that we talk a lot about on the show that that huge bulk of dry powder just waiting in the wings Um, when people do start to buy what is what is the bet here you know is it going to be big office towers is it going to be more defensive asset classes say uh or alternative asset classes i should say you
1: know where are people going to be looking first Office, definitely, we, we continue to see interest in office there. And I think that will that, that will continue. As volumes pick up, we'll see more deals happening, certainly within the office space. But you're absolutely right to, to, to also highlight some of the alternative classes. I mean, as a result of COVID, we've seen really an acceleration in some of the mega trends that GLL have been tracking for the last 10 years. Things like technology. Now, I mean, we would expect to see an acceleration in, and we're already seeing it, Um, a a growth in the interest for assets in in areas like data centers. Um, Similarly, you know, with with COVID nineteen, we've seen a huge pickup in the demand for logistics assets, and and similarly, you know, in the market prior to COVID, we were seeing the interest in in logistics pick up, and we expect that to, to sort of continue to accelerate as we come out of this. But I think really across the board that there will be interest um, in, in all sectors. Um, admittedly, throughout this crisis, hotels and retail, in particular, have been hardest hit. I mean, areas uh, anywhere that there is high traffic human activity um, has presented a challenge. Um, But coming out of this, there will also be opportunities. Uh, With all that pent up demand, certainly there's
0: just, like you said, closing that gap and coming together to find that right price. And in the world of retail gets a lot of bandwidth on the airways about, you know, just how difficult things are there. And because it's very visible, nobody's at the malls. Um, But you're starting to hear about opportunities. People, of course, still need to go shopping and and do the rest of this stuff. What is the
1: prospect for retail uh, going forward to the end of the year? So in terms of the prospects for for re- retail art from now until the end of the year, I think if you look at non discretionary spending within retail, and um, certainly you know that's continued to perform well throughout the crisis. Ultimately, people have to go and buy groceries, cleaning goods, all of those kind of basic essentials, toiletries. So so that part of, of retail has continued to perform well, well, and and arguably probably better at times. And um, when it comes to to the more discretionary retail items. Um, um, you but we we have seen a pickup in online sales there because people are, you know are simply less able to go to the mall to go and buy you know the, the latest fast fashion or the latest designer items, um. With more people buying those those online, um. But but I think long term, you know, retail has been evolving over the last number of years, and and the retail industry is really good at evolving as well. Um. So we've seen you know more F and B in malls. It becoming more focused around lifestyle. So you know the the mall, um. We've set up with office but it's true with the mall as well i mean the mall is here to stay it's just going to evolve
0: it's really interesting how you mentioned that discretionary versus that non-discretionary income um and obviously there's a there's a play to be had there for investors you know they'll be they'll be looking at where that money is moving um and it makes a lot of sense i feel personally when when i read about the evolution of that sector sometimes i feel that um you know, it gets this broad, bad rap. But obviously, if you're an investor, and you're trying to target specific places where you can foresee growth, non discretionary income is the, the place to settle. All right, Roddy, last question for you. Looking again at bright spots, where is your pick if you had to say one place where you would see a big swing uh, from what we kind of saw in that second quarter, um, out, out to the end of the year, or even into early next year, where are your expectations for things to change pretty drastically?
1: Sure. I mean I mean there are definitely some bright spots out there already are. I mean if we look at, at Seoul and Taipei, um, two cities um <clears throat> which have done a, done a good job on, on containing the virus, we, we've definitely seen demand hold up relatively well there. Similarly, sort of leasing volumes in China's tier one cities, these have also picked up from their lows in Q1, um, and a large part supposed to sort of supported by domestic firms. Although we're still um, seeing activity being weighed down, you know, by, by the broader macro economy at, at this point. Um, although um, much of India has been under a lockdown for quarter two as well, um, and some of years remain. So you know we're also seeing some notable deals happening for large tech firms in in Bangalore as well. So bright spots are already appearing, um, and and we expect you know that 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 to continue. Oh, it'll be really interesting to watch how this plays out towards the end of the year. Yeah. And I think just as we wrap up, I mean, just just going back to one point you made earlier about the dry powder piece. I mean, I think the other thing that we've got to remember here is coming out of of, of COVID-19. Now, in this lower interest rate environment that we are in, um, and it's certainly likely to be the case that interest rates are going to remain lower um, for for quite a considerable time. I mean, that bodes really well for real estate markets, because with lower interest rates, you know, that spread gap that, that creates that opportunity for investors investors those those spreads will be wider making real estate more attractive versus versus some other asset classes yeah and like you said it's just a matter of the right place to land i guess absolutely and, and we are working on a really in-depth survey with investors at the moment so certainly be delighted to come back and update you on that once once we have the data back
0: oh i would be it would be fantastic the more numbers on this stuff the better in my opinion absolutely All right. Well, hey, Roddy, thank you so much for joining me today. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'd love to hear from you. So please don't hesitate to get in touch. And I hope you'll join us for our next podcast.